Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys for Friday, February the 9th, presented by Boston Hemp Inc. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you. Uh, Jimmy Murphy on the radar as well on this Friday, ready to break down the Friday NHL card. Three games on Tappa in the NHL for uh, tonight. Uh, of course, we will get to those in just a few moments. Uh, first, though, we will look back on Thursday night's a busy slate of NHL action uh, and a lot of inter interesting games. Unfortunately, the game that we a lot of us were excited about, Vancouver and Boston, uh, didn't live up to the billing because it's pretty much lopsided from the beginning in favor of the uh, Boston Bruins. But credit to the Bruins for a great 4 nothing victory last night over the Vancouver Canucks. Very impressive and a nice bounce back from them after the loss to Calgary. It was about as sloppy and... Uh, uh, mistake prone a game as you've seen the Vancouver Canucks play in quite some time and now all of a sudden they've got this issue with allowing what three or four short-handed goals in the last three games that is something that obviously you're not going to win many hockey games doing that shit uh, but obviously Rick Tockett and the coaching staff know that uh, and uh, I'm sure they will nip that in the bud but certainly a little short-term disconcerting turn of events that seeing the Canucks give up as many shorties as they have uh, in recent uh, games. The only shorty they want to be dealing with uh, is the guy in the booth, uh, John Shorthouse for them, not the uh, shorthanded goal variety and giving those up to the opponent. But uh, nevertheless, a 4 nothing Bruin victory uh, last night and a nice shutout as well for Linus Allmark. Just, and then once that game got to 4 nothing, you know, there's probably an opening for Vancouver to get back into that game after 2 nothing down, but then you give up those two quick goals early in the second period. And that was all she wrote for the... Uh, Canucks at that point and a great 4 nothing win for Boston last night. Uh, the Florida Panthers, they get the job done. 4-2 against the uh, Washington Capitals uh, last night. Not the easiest of victory for Florida. They had to work for that. They were down 2-1 at one point, but they get three unanswered goals plus an empty netter to cash the team total. Uh, that game ended up turning around nicely. We didn't win the first period puck line, but we did win the full game puck line minus one and a half. We did win the team total over for the Panthers. So it ended up being, well, it was a push on the over six for the game as well. So ended up being okay with the uh, Panthers getting that 4-2 win last night. How about Calgary? What a job by them. Five to three back-to-back -back victories out of the break for the Flames against the Bruins and the Devils. No, uh, Jack Hughes back in the lineup. Uh, and the Devils could not get it done, though, in spite of that. Uh, and Calgary with a 5-3 win. Really, New Jersey didn't play that bad. They probably had the better of the play for a large part of that game. But the difference is it was a good get game from Markstrom, and it was really a hideous game from Vitek Vanacek. And, uh, you know, that's what you're going to get too many times this year from Vanacek. Just he has had these games where he's been lit up. He has not tracked the puck well. He has let in a soft goal or two. You know, and it happened again for him last night in that game against the uh, uh, Calgary Flames and Calgary takes advantage with that 5-3 win. This was an excellent game though for me from a betting perspective. Other than the draw not getting there, everything else did as far as the totals. First period over, both teams to score in the first period, the full game over of course as well. 
So this ended up being a really nice result uh, with Calgary getting that 5-3 win from a betting standpoint. What was not a good result for me from a betting standpoint was Philly beating Winnipeg 4-1 to last night. And uh, yeah, this is concerning now. The, the level of concern and the alarm bells start to sound at least a little bit more with what we're seeing out of Winnipeg. That's five yeah. straight losses now. This is the same kind of thing that happened to them last year, if you remember. They were great up until this part of the year last year and then post-All-Star break. That's when they went from competing for a division title to hanging on by dear life to make the playoffs. So that's what is this going to happen again, you know, to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, But that's concerning that you get shut out by Pittsburgh and you come out and have that kind of first period last night. You lose track of the puck, breakdowns left and right defensively. Uh, and at the end of the day, the puck goes in way too much. And what's also alarming is you get shut out by Pittsburgh. You get outshot 13 to three in the first period. Like what is up with that? It's not what you want to see. I would have cracked skulls in the dressing room if I was Rick bonus. And I know my team's had a great season. You got to be careful when you pull out those tactics, Alex, because if you go to that well too much, players tune out when you just drill them like a drill sergeant when they're not playing well. But I think it was warranted to do that after that first period last night. That was awful from the Winnipeg Jets coming off a shutout loss to the Pittsburgh yeah. to play like that uh, in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, it, it was shit. That's a great uh, job by Juan. Shit emoji is appropriate to describe <laughs> that first period. Now they did outplay Philly in the last two periods and Arison was really good last night, but damage was done. You know, you can't spot a team a three, nothing lead. You can't be that awful in the first period, especially in your own end and expect to win on the road period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they looked lazy. That, that, that's just plain and simple. You know, what they okay, maybe you, you forgive them the first game out of the break, maybe having some tired legs, you know, a little bit of, of, of a layover. But now, coming off of that, of an embarrassing loss, he's supposed to show some fight at least early in the contest, and they didn't even do that. So, right, you said, this is very, very concerning right now. Five losses in a row, and, uh, you know, you got a Colorado team that's playing well. Dallas, like we talked about, Jake Ottinger finds his group, it gets hot. Yeah, they, this is a team that could be finding themselves from first to possibly third, and then you start getting that wild card range. We talk about how tight everything is in the Pacific. Uh, you put yourself in the jackpot. So they, they got to you know correct this sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, we'll see. They'll have another opportunity, of course, to snap this uh, losing streak. The Winnipeg Jets, they're at home to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they will catch Pittsburgh on the second night of a back-to-back uh, in that game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, not to mention a revenge spot, too just losing to Pittsburgh a couple of nights ago. So we'll see if there's a response in mind for the Winnipeg Jets. That'll be at the uh, forefront of our bet cast, of course, uh, tomorrow night, that game, which we are uh, looking forward to. uh, No question about that. Uh, And what else did we see last night as we continue uh, along here, looking back at last night? Carolina, what a crazy game. 5-2 Carolina, five goals in the first period. It was 3-0 Carolina. The game starts with a not only a Canes 3-0 lead in the first period as they got to Georgiev. Well, I should say one player in particular got to Georgiev, and that would be one move into the country. Going to meet me, Marty Natchez. Marty Natchez uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, what a job last night. Natural Hattie, Natty Hattie, if you will, uh, for the uh, Hurricanes to get them off to that 3-0 start. And then all of a sudden, bang, bang, two goals right at the end of the first, and Colorado's right back into the game. But Carolina clamped down defensively. Kochekov made some key saves, and Carolina brings it home with a four to five to two victory last night over the Avs. And here's another team. We'll get to another team that stinks on the road right now in a moment. But how about Colorado? This road record's not good for them right now, and uh, it's been a problem all season. It's been a problem again of late. They just have not been able to put wins together uh, on the highway. 
And that's concerning, even though, you know, I think the world of the talent on this Colorado team, that's alarming when you're playing this poorly and losing this many games uh, on the road right now. Uh, the 5-2 win for Carolina, nice job by them after the loss to Vancouver the other night. So great job by uh, Carolina. We know we like Kochekov a lot more than Ronta or anything else they've had uh, in net in the past. It was great to see him settle down uh, in that game once they got the uh, 5-2 lead. Something else to point out, and I think Alex and I have talked about this before from a live betting standpoint, you see these extremely high-scoring first periods like we saw with the Avs and the Canes last night with two teams that at least are capable when they're on their game defensively. Now, they can score too, especially Colorado, but we know they're capable of getting good defensive play. We know they're capable of getting good goaltending. So once you see – and the elite teams can play defense at least to some degree. And I find more and more lately – We've seen anytime we've seen like a four to three, 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 two first period, like just a crazy amount of goals in the first period. You live bet the under and it's been pretty good. I mean, there was an under nine and a half and, the, and you know, I'm not Mr. Under, but I took a small little shekel on that last night after the first period. There was an under nine and a half minus 140 in that game last night after three, two in the first period. And I just felt in the pit of my stomach, Alex, that game was going to settle down a little bit. Uh, yeah. As far as defensive play, like there were some weird goals too. a couple fluky ones. There was one that was uh, shot in from center ice. I know that was one that clearly you could say bad goal for Kochekov for sure. But at the same time, I don't yeah. think he ever saw it. And so it's hard to you know completely sit, blame him when he can't even see, doesn't even see the puck. But it was just a crazy opening period. Everything seemed to be going in. And it felt like just with those two teams and knowing that both coaches are going to want to say, hey, we got to let's tighten things up at least a little bit kind of figured under nine and a half was not a bad option there after the first period. And it ended up being an easy winner for anyone that bet a live under after that first period last night. Yeah. And that betting technique actually comes from some people I know who bet baseball live. Uh, that that's where I kind of learned that where you see that flurry of, you know, a couple home runs, a couple of fluke pitches and all of a sudden the pitcher settled down and think things kind of coast out. It's the same thing with, with goaltending and the same thing in hockey can work at times where you see some lucky bounces, especially if you have, uh, a bad penalty call, or or you have a, you know a bad turnover, you don't count that always as a full goal in your mind when you're looking from a live point of view. You kind of you know take that as with a grain of salt and so you see those numbers boosting up, you can catch some value on the back end looking at those unders. So whenever you see some fluky goals or a lot of scoring, a lot of pace early, that you know that things are going to kind of temper off a little bit. That's a that's a good spot to to look. So so great price scrap by you getting that one forty. Except, of course, for that, the the only difference was that, what was that game? Seattle and L.A. that night during our betcast. Scoring never stopped that night, uh, even after the first period. That 9-8 game, that will go down as one of our most entertaining and hilarious betcasts uh, of yeah. all time in Ice Guys history. That was the one exception. Scoring never did stop that night uh, with uh, those two teams. Uh, uh, that, uh, the cra that crazy game, I'll always remember it. Um, Tampa Bay, man, another dud uh, on the road. One of many this season. Now, I know, look, back-to-back -back after playing the Rangers the night before, not an easy spot. Islanders playing with a sense of desperation and urgency as they try to, you know, crawl their way back into the wild-card race in the Eastern Conference. So it kind of was set up for them to fail. But you can lose the game and lose it in better fashion than that. I mean, you were awful last night. You were absolutely you barely had 10 shots on goal early in the third period. You didn't generate anything. You were break breakdowns left and right defensively. And that's a product of Sergachev being out again. He is very he's the, easily their best defenseman after Hedman. No question about that. So losing him is a big deal. 
They're struggling in their own end. They look slow. They, they're losing puck battles all over the place. They don't have the foot speed to chase down speed forwards that have skill, and they're getting beat. Now, it was not a good night either for Jonas Johansson at all. You know, at all. He was out to lunch. He was wretched in that game. But I'm not letting the rest of the team off the hook. They were not very good defensively in their own zone in support of their goaltender. They didn't generate many chances offensively. Uh, and it was a pretty easy night for Ilya Sorokin. And it was just really uh, pillar to post, start to finish domination by the Islanders in total control. In fact, they had a couple chances shorthanded on a late Tampa power play in the third period. Could have made it seven or eight to two, but just an ugly night for Tampa Bay. They end up losing six to two. I was happy I was on the Islanders, and I don't lay a price with the Islanders very often, but I said last night's the night to do it. Uh, and so sure enough, and is this a sign that Patrick Waugh and this Islanders team, maybe maybe they have a run in them. We'll see to try to make this push for the postseason. But that's two nice wins out of the break. Toronto and Tampa, you know, prospective yeah. playoff teams that the Islanders beat coming out of the break. So good on them. Uh, maybe it's a sign they can maybe make a push here uh, for the playoffs. And if you're Tampa Bay, it's back to the drawing board. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. This Sergachev absence is a big deal. Yeah. You're not going to get him back anytime soon. You just can't win on the road for whatever reason. There's a, there's reasons to be concerned here if you're John Cooper, if you're uh, Julian Breezebois, and you're anyone associated with this Lightning team at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I think that was more of a tell on what's to come for Tampa Bay than what's to come for the Islanders. And the Islanders, like I said, they're going to have their bump. Uh, we're going to see them play well. And, you know, Wall's going to have them competitive every night. But with Tampa Bay, the, the road rolls continue. Johansson, you know, he's regressed to what we know he is for the majority of his career, a bump. And uh, now they're you know, going to have to make some change, you know, make some moves possibly. And that's the thing we're talking about Tampa Bay. So they're always kind of tight against the cap. How do you find a way to possibly get another backup goalie upgrade? How do you find a way to possibly get a defenseman to replace Sergachev? There's a couple teams available. You might need a third team involved with it, but uh, they need to be looking at trying to do something to shake that core up right now, because it, it doesn't look good. And like I said, you know, I, it's, I'm happy with where they are right now. As far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see them fall out of the playoff race because I bet them to miss the postseason, but, uh, if they want to make some moves and, and, and be a, a legit contender and get in this, into this postseason, they're going to have to change some things. You can't ride Vasilevsky to death in the second half, and you certainly cannot rely on Jonas Johansson. He gave you all that he could in the first half, and, and that's more than enough you can ask of, of a guy who's basically a career AHL goalie. No doubt. Uh, no question about that. Um, and I think when you look at this situation right now for Tampa Bay, the offense has been very power play driven this year. Their five-on-five -five offensive numbers are decent, but they're not great. They really have been living on the power play this year, Tampa Bay. You know, that power play has been great, but at the same point in time, their five-on-five -five offense has been hit or miss, and they just don't have the defensive capabilities right now to always make up for that. Not to mention, you know, Vas Vasilevsky, I don't think, has been a problem this year, but he has been, he's been good. He hasn't been great, amazing Vasilevsky this year. He's been good. He's been solid, but they need him to be great, I think. That's the, that's going to be the thing moving forward because you definitely see and they don't aren't getting a lot from the third and the fourth line offensively right now. That's also a big problem. There's so much pressure on Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point every single night to have to deliver for this team scoring wise. And uh, we'll see. Uh, they will get back home and they'll probably play well. Nick, um, Nick in our chat saying Bolts will get it back four game homes. I, I don't doubt that they do play well there, no question. But. At Amelie, it, but they need at least two wins out of that four game homestand, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. But uh, they got to solve these road issues. You know, you're not going to play every game in a playoff series in April at home. 
You know, you've got to start putting it together uh, away from home. Simple as that. And same goes for Colorado uh, as well. And then the uh, last game on the slate last night, um, I ended up betting it once Aiden Hill was confirmed. and I split it between the first period and the full game uh, with Vegas. I just thought the price was pretty cheap. And I didn't think they would jump on Arizona like that. I figured they would have the edge. Arizona had not played in forever. And it sure looked like it early in that game. Two goals in the span of the first minute and change to give the Golden Knights a 2-0 lead. They led 3-1 after the first. And they, they didn't score again after that, but they didn't need to. Uh, they played solid defense. Aiden Hill was good. And Aiden Hill beats his old team. And the Vegas Golden Knights hang on for a 3-2 win last night against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, we've, we've talked about this spot yesterday, Alex. It was just very difficult to trust Arizona to be at their best with that kind of a long layoff. Aiden Hill facing his former team. The ingredients were right for Vegas and, uh, they got it done. Yeah, they did. You know, it, it's, it's funny because for the longest, and I, I, I kind of hate how Bruce Cassidy does that. Hey, this is, it's a, and it's a Vegas thing, right? This went back to poor Cassidy, but how they wait till the very last minute to announce the goaltenders. I, I saw forever throughout the day that it was going to be Thompson. Everything was projected Thompson, projected Thompson. And then all of a sudden they flipped around and, and they confirmed Aiden Hill. So I ended up grabbing both teams to score in the first period. I was lucky to catch that. Did get that one goal with Arizona. That's pretty much all I had in, in that contest. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of played out, like we said, that Vegas would, would end up getting the win there. But also to the tune of that, it would be a lot of scoring early and then it would taper off. And that's something you see with a lot of these teams, especially when you had that kind of a mismatch, right? Arizona. At full speed, yeah, they can they can run and gun a bit, but they can't compete with that defense that Vegas has. When Vegas is locked in defensively, they're a hard team for anybody to beat, but certainly not a middle-of-the-road, bottom-tier team like Arizona. So that's the difference. They can have a 3-1 lead, and when you have a goaltender like Aiden Hill, you can sit on it, and you don't need any more offense for the next 40 minutes of play. So uh, nice win for him. Uh, gets his little club. Nice win for, for Vegas. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, good, good win for Vegas. Uh, and we will see how that goes. All right. I do want to bring this up. Actually, you know, you know what? It's funny. I just realized too, after we were going live, the intro ran and I, uh, start and we started talking. I wanted to discuss with Alex before the show, uh, about the, uh, neck, the second betcast date, uh, in oh, February yeah. <laughs> for our free for all betcasts. And I'm just going to throw it out to you on the air. Are you around yeah. Tuesday, February 27th? Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Great. Date. There it is. That was the date I had circled as the other <laughs> the other free bet cast. The other right. free yeah. bet cast for, for, for this month. All right. It's official, folks. Da, 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 da. Breaking news. Da, 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 Let's get our breaking news sound effect here. Breaking news. Tuesday, February 27 will be our second Ice Guys free to the public bet cast this month. Of course, the first one is tomorrow, uh, Super Bowl Saturday. Uh, February 10th, 6 p.m. Eastern. But the second one will be February the 27th. And it's the one I had my eye on all along. So it's a deep slate. It is a loaded card. And I'll rhyme off some of the games we've got that night. Vegas, Toronto. Carolina, Minnesota. St. Louis battling for their playoff lives play Winnipeg. L.A., Calgary that night. Dallas, Colorado that night. Which could be for first place in the division. How good of a game could that be? You got yep. Pittsburgh, Vancouver in the late night hours. That's a hell of a slate <laughs> on bad. Tuesday, February the 27th. And yep. I said, let's go with that. So there you yep. go. That is our second betcast that will be public. And we will also be announcing uh, in the next few days our two Patreon. Well, oh, not announcing because we're keeping that a secret till the day of. That's the rule with the Patreon betcast. Right. But we'll be deciding on when they are. We actually already have made up our choice for one of those dates 
for the Patreon uh, BetCast. But we got to choose the date for the other one as well. But we'll have four BetCasts. We know what the two will be free for all to all of you. You do not have to be a Patreon member for these two BetCasts. The one tomorrow, Saturday, February 10th, 6 p.m. Eastern time, as we've talked about, starting with the Colorado-Florida game. Uh, tomorrow night so there it is tomorrow night 6 p.m eastern as always dm or email me or alex for a spot on the betcast and we will make sure we send you the Streamyard link for the betcast before it begins and our second betcast for february which will be the uh, second free-for-all public betcast as we just announced tuesday february 27th at 7 p.m uh, eastern time and as i just mentioned look at those games that we've got to look forward yeah. to on tuesday february 27th it's a hell of a card yeah yeah, wonderful card, and it's going to be two wonderful backcats. Looking forward to tomorrow, and certainly looking forward to that 27th as well. So uh, definitely hope you guys can join us for those free ones. And, and of course, sign up to patreon.com slash icecast and join us for those two exclusive ones that will be coming this month as well. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, coming up in a moment, we will be starting to look at the three games coming your way Friday night here in NHL action. But first, we'll hear from our sponsors of not only Beantown Friday, but every day here on the uh, Ice Guys show, Boston Hemp Inc. Boston and Bink, shout out to them. Proud sponsor of the Ice Guys show each and every day. All right, we've got our Friday card. Let's get into it here. We will start with Minnesota, where Alex is situated, of course. Pittsburgh Penguins and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Pittsburgh right now, minus 130. We've seen some money come in on them because Minnesota was actually a small favorite in this game. Now we're seeing the Penguins, a, a you know, decent-sized road favorite here in Minnesota. The total six here in this game uh, across the board. There are signs of life we're seeing from this Penguins team. There's no question. That was a good win for them. It was an impressive win for them against Winnipeg uh, coming out of the break. The one concern I would say is then we turn around and we see the Winnipeg Jets lay another egg against Philly last yeah. night. So how much do we want to give the Penguins credit you know, for that victory? But the fact remains, it was a good performance. Tristan Jari was solid in net. The power play responded and did some damage. And the power play lately for Pittsburgh has been better. Uh, there's no question. We'll see if they can carry that forward here to tonight against Minnesota. When you really think about it, they're this close to being 3-0 and in their last three games. Because they beat Montreal and Winnipeg. They easily could have beat Florida. Very good Panthers team defending Eastern Conference champions. They were leading in that game, but they ended up losing 3-2 uh, in overtime. We'll see if uh, Pittsburgh, though, can make it three in a row here tonight against Minnesota. Minnesota coming off what was a very weird game, I thought, Alex, against Chicago. Weird in the sense that in the first period, Minnesota dominated, and they could have been up 4 nothing if not for Peter Morozik uh, after that first period on Wednesday night. But then after that, it's almost like, you know what, they, they got complacent a little bit, and Chicago up their game 
uh, quite a bit. And I thought in the second and the third period, you can make a good argument. Chicago was the better team and outplayed Minnesota in that game. And to me, that's not what I want to see out of a team that's trying to get back into the playoff mix in the Western Conference. You let Chicago hang around. You really didn't put them away. And if not for Gustafson in a few of those instances on Wednesday night against Chicago, you know, you could have really been in some trouble and found a way to lose that game, quite honestly. So it was a very unimpressive, lackluster two to one win uh, for Minnesota against Chicago uh, the other night. And that was on the heels of back to back losses at home to the Predators and the Ducks before the All-Star break. You know, Minnesota to me is playing positively mediocre to subpar hockey right now uh, at the moment. They're without, you know, obviously the key defenseman up front, although I believe Brodeen is back in tonight, which is a big, big addition for them. Still without Spurgeon, but at least they get Jonas Brodeen back uh, for this game tonight uh, for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it looks like Pittsburgh fairly healthy other than Achari and Nieto. Of course, Achari was on the receiving end of that hit from Brendan Dillon, which got him suspended. Uh, so that's why he's out. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury in net for Minnesota. We'll see how he fares. He's obviously facing his old team, but I made a point of it to look. How does Marc-Andre Fleury fare against Pittsburgh? And it hasn't been great. And if you look, he's actually given up four goals or more in three of his last four appearances uh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So hasn't exactly always played great. It's the first time he started in a while. Who the hell knows how he's going to fare because he's been up and down this year and he hasn't played in forever. Uh, Pittsburgh going with Alex Nedeljkovic, which I kind of expected because they do play Winnipeg tomorrow night. Jari was great against the Jets. I figured they would maybe save Tristan Jari for the rematch in Winnipeg last night. So as a result, uh, Alex Nedeljkovic gets the start here tonight. I still like Pittsburgh here, Alex. You know I am not a big Penguin fan, and I have not backed this team very often. But I like their form better right now. And you can't argue with series history. They have just completely owned the Minnesota Wild. 9-1 and one in the last 10 meetings. They've won four straight here at XL Energy Center here in Minnesota. They have had no problem beating this Minnesota Wild team. And I think they got a chance for that success to continue tonight. So, you know, I'm not, I've not been Mr. Penguin, as you know, this year. In fact, I've faded them a whole hell of a lot more than I've been backing them. But tonight, I just like their form right now a little bit better than Minnesota. So I like Pittsburgh here, minus 130. I like over in this game, actually. Uh, series history is just goals. It says if you actually look, Pittsburgh and Minnesota head-to-head, I mean, we have seen a 5-1-1 one, and one to the over in the last seven meetings. And the last three here in Minnesota, which were all Penguins victories, 6-4, 4-3, and 7-4. So just a lot of goals for some reason here. And Pittsburgh has kind of let loose offensively multiple times here against this wild team. So three bets here. Pittsburgh minus 130, over 6. little sprinkle on the draw. I don't love the draw but a little sprinkle on it. Why not? We do have some overtime history with these two teams head-to-head. Uh, Alex, what are you liking here? Penguins, wild. Yeah, so I like to sprinkle a little bit of the draw here, too. This is probably the, be- the best of the three draws, but it's not my favorite play in this game. So it's it's kind of a tread lightly, but I do like the Penguins here. You can actually shop around and find a dollar twenty at Caesars now with that Nadelkovich uh, confirmation. And, you know, the, the markets have kind of moved differently with him and that, as opposed to Jari. He hasn't been that bad. Seven, three, and three. Uh, you know, a, a decent goals against average. He he's a guy that you can kind of rely on these spot stars. I you trust him here, obviously, uh, against Minnesota rather than you know trusting him tomorrow against uh, Winnipeg and, and in that back to back spot. So I uh, definitely like the, the Penguins here minus a dollar twenty. A little bit of the draw. Also like a little bit of the first period over. 
and uh, the full game over. Keep in mind, it's a ceremony night. You got Marc-Andre Fleury starting against his old team, but he's also going to be on it for both the 1,000 games played and the 552 wins, uh, making him second all time. So there'll be a big ceremony. So this game may start a little bit later as well. Keep, keep that, that in note. Could be a little bit of a delay. We know how ceremonies can be a little bit sluggish at the start. That's why I like both teams to score in the first period over it. All right, there we go. For on the first period over, I don't mind that either. Uh, right, the, as of now, I've only bet the full game over, but I certainly think first period over, you could look in that direction. And both of us like in Pittsburgh. I, you know, I just think right now, uh, I, I am seeing signs of life from the Penguins. I'm seeing positive steps. Uh, I'm I'm seeing steps the other way for Minnesota. I mean, I was not impressed with that Chicago game. Uh, other than the first period, I thought the last two periods were not good enough. You bring two periods like that tonight against Pittsburgh, you're not going to win the game. Yep. Uh, it's that simple. So uh, Minnesota, I, and I am concerned as long as Spurgeon is out, and that's huge for them. I don't know if I trust them night to night defensively. And now, of course, Flurry, who's let's be honest, uh, we love Flurry, but he hasn't been trustworthy lately, and he has struggled against the Penguins head to head. So uh, reasons to like Pittsburgh here. I don't love that the price has climbed this much. I really liked it at you know close to even money, which is what it once was. Uh, it's gone up a little bit, but still uh, would take Pittsburgh here, even at the minus 130 price uh, in this game. All right, next up, we've got the uh, New York Rangers and the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Rangers minus 300 now uh, road favorites in the Windy City for one of these classic uh, Friday night home games uh, that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks often have. Uh, the total in this game currently sitting at uh, five and a half. Uh, shaded to the over. Uh, we're seeing that now for the most part with this Chicago team, uh, a lot uh, of um, five and a half as far as their totals uh, are concerned. So Chicago continues to be very feisty at home. Very, um, you know, very feisty at home, very strong uh, as far as their effort defensively. The fact remains they are still having tons of problems scoring goals. I mean, the only goal they scored against Minnesota was a puck that just happened to bounce right on the stick of Nick Felino with a wide open net. That's the only goal they had chances and the finish isn't there. Just that extra high level of skill that's required to finish against elite, you know, goaltenders at this level is just not there right now for Chicago. They're working their ass off defensively, trying hard at that end. Work ethic hasn't been an issue, but you can only go so long with work ethic and, um, you know, being competitive and uh, without scoring and trying to win games. That's just not a recipe. They've lost five in a row. And look at the offensive output during these games. Five games, and the Blackhawks have scored three goals across those five games, including being shut out three in the uh, times in those five games as well. So just a really, really tough ask to get Chicago to find the back of the net. Something has to give tonight because – the Rangers have opted to go with Igor Shosturkin uh, in net tonight, and we know he didn't have a great first half, way below what we expect of him in net. He was good in the All-Star game, but how much do you want to put stock into that? However, if there's a night that Shosturkin, if he's going to have a good night in net and finally get back to kind of looking like the Igor we saw last year and two years ago, hasn't this got to be the night? I mean, Chicago just cannot finish right now. You've got to think Shesterkin tonight is if he's going to have a good game and a bounce back game, it's going to be tonight here uh, against a Blackhawks game that is just borderline offensively inept uh, right now at this point in time. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I think the Rangers. I think this could be a night. I'm, I feel just watching Chicago and the effort they're expending. 
that eventually they're going to have one of these nights where kind of defensively it kind of caves in for them a little bit. And I got to admit, I like what the Rangers have done here since the uh, All-Star break concluded. Two very good home wins against Colorado and Tampa Bay. They were the better team in each game. Uh, They really look like they're playing with some purpose. I don't think the Rangers loved the way things were going for them going into the break. They've hit the reset button, and they've looked pretty good coming out of the break. So I'm going to go with the Rangers here, but as with their team total instead. Uh, For as much as Chicago has been tightening it up defensively because that's been their only way to hang in games lately, and as well as Morozik has played recently, I think at some point this defensive dam bursts a little bit for Chicago. You can only go so long putting out that effort defensively, game in and game out, and have nothing to show for it in the win column. And eventually that chips away at you. It chips away at you mentally. You know, it starts to make you a little bit more fragile. Uh, And I just think tonight could be a night where finally, you know, maybe this defensive shell that they have played with to, uh, you know, to compensate for the fact that they just can't score goals right now, it ends up being one of these deals where tonight could be the night where it ends up that, hey, finally they give up some goals here and so does Morozik. So, uh, I'm going to go with the Rangers here, team total over three and a half, a uh, minus 120 uh, in this one. Alex, what do you think here, Rangers, Blackhawks? Yeah, well, you, you talked about it, how that one goal that came from the Hawks, it was pretty much one of those, you know, blind squirrel finds the nut goals from Nick Foligno. And, and, and even though they had the pace, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, the control in the, la- in the latter half, they just don't have the offense. Uh, if you can't, you know, get a, a win against Minnesota at home in that spot, how are you supposed to be? Igor Shosturkin and the New York Rangers. So I'm right there with you. Uh, team total over three and a half minus a dollar fifteen for the Rangers. And there's a player prop that I like. That is something I haven't bet before, and I'm betting it here tonight. I like the tease there uh, with that uh, for the uh, bargain bin special uh, segment later uh, in the show. I I agree with everyone about um, uh, Panarin. Panarin just scores against Chicago his old team. It's just uncanny. He did the last, I know when they played in New York, uh, he scored against them and certainly, you know, he scored obviously against uh, Colorado. Uh, you could go with a goal prop for him over one and a half points, you know, easily get a two point night here, I think against uh, Chicago tonight. So I have no issues with anyone looking in that direction as far as player props tonight uh, are concerned. Like I say, it's not the easiest to take a, uh, an opponent of Chicago over their, over their team total right now. Because we have seen this team give up just two goals to Minnesota, one to Calgary, three to Edmonton, two to Vancouver in four of these five losses that they've just suffered. But I get the sense, too. It's just to me, you keep playing this defensive you know, mindset and you're playing so hard defensively, Alex, and you're not getting rewarded for it. It's yeah. not resulting in wins. It's not resulting in anything positive as far as the result, the end result. At some point, it chips away mentally at you and you know, at some point, I think there's a night that's going to happen. Maybe maybe it's tonight. Maybe it's not that Chicago, the, the defensive dam is going to burst and they're going to give up four yep. or five. And I think tonight could be that night because the Rangers, yep. if you actually look historically when they've gone to Chicago, man, have they put up goals? I think there's been six goals, seven goals in some of these recent trips that the Rangers have made to the United Center. So the Rangers have done some serious damage in the past scoring goals in Chicago against the Blackhawks. So Kind of thinking yeah. maybe we see that here tonight as well. And this is one to watch for a live. If Morazic gives up a couple of goals early and then they turn to Arvid Soderblom, uh, you could probably name your price at the Rangers. So this is one of those games where that's why total I'm a little bit iffy on. I might jump in with that first period over just because it's such a low number. 
but I'm relying on the Rangers to, to do all of my scoring tonight. So. See, Jay Stone says he thinks Rangers' puck line is safer than the team total over. I think the opposite because I I don't I I don't want to have to worry what Shesterkin does. Uh, for I think anybody. it'd be bad. Yeah, I think that'd be bad. Yeah, yeah. It's it's split. It's split yeah. because well, I don't want to give too much away because it kind of lead to what what my player prop is. So I'll just talk about it a little bit later. There we go. All right. So there's a little bit of a uh, 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 tease for the uh, Bargain Bin Special of the Night segment coming up uh, in just a bit. All right. Next up, final game uh, of this Friday slate, Edmonton Oilers, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we've got Edmonton minus 280 road favorites here at the Honda Center, the Duck Pond. Uh, the total here currently six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Look, I, I can't back down now. Uh, Tom Petty style, rest in peace. Won't back down. Can't back out of it. I committed to it already. They said that if Edmonton lost to Vegas and came one game short of tying the regular season consecutive game win streak record, two games short of breaking the record, I would fade them in their next game. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to it. Now, am I am I loving Anaheim's form? Do I trust Anaheim fully? No, of course not. But and do I love the fact that uh, you know we've got Anaheim with this long respite? You know, haven't played since before the All Star break. January 27 was the last game. Uh, for the Anaheim Ducks? No, but I'm going to stick to it here with Anaheim here at plus 230 uh, in this game tonight against uh, Edmonton. Uh, I think when you just, you have that many wins in a row, uh, you know, consecutively, and you've got, and you come one win shy of tying the record and two shy of breaking the record, there's got to be some kind of mental and emotional come down here for the Edmonton Oilers. There has to be. You're a human being. You're not a computer. You're not a robot. You have feelings. You have emotions. When you Did you see Connor McDavid slamming the water bottle right after Vegas got the empty net goal the other night? No one, hey, streak is ending. That bothered Edmonton. It pissed them off, and it just really upset them that they came that close to the record uh, and without uh, absolutely getting it, tying it, or breaking it. And so when I look at this spot here against Anaheim, Coming off that game against a Vegas team that we really wanted to badly beat, too, because they knocked our ass out in the playoffs last year. And you've got this game tonight. And look who you play tomorrow night during our bet cast. Oh, yeah, the L.A. Kings. you got some serious playoff history with them. You've only played them back-to-back years in the first round. So then you've got this little tricky little dangerous spot nestled in between of your streak getting snapped and a huge game with a a, a, a rival and a team that you've got some serious playoff history against. It is not an Edmonton spot, in my opinion. My my only hope is that Anaheim is good enough to take advantage of it. And that's the question. Are they good enough uh, to take advantage of this prime plum spot that they have uh, here tonight? I will say this, though, about Anaheim. Before the break, you know, we saw some signs of improved play. They weren't always resulting in wins, but if you look at it, they took they beat Florida in overtime in uh, in one of the road games on that trip. I thought they were decent against the Rangers, although it got away from them late. They took Dallas to overtime on the road and lost four three. They go to Minnesota and they spoil hockey day in Minnesota that night for Minnesota and beat the Wild three to two. And then of course they beat uh, San Jose the final game before the uh, All Star break three two in overtime. So. Little signs of improvement from this Anaheim team and also an Anaheim team that it should be uh, pointed out as well. They've gotten healthier here uh, of late, which has also helped. They've gotten some key cogs back uh, into the lineup. Uh, we'll see how they go here tonight against the uh, Oilers. The long layoff does concern me, and I know someone um, mentioned to me you know, 
uh, in the uh, chat of the uh, show I do with Jimmy the Bank saying, first period or full game? Why wouldn't you want the first period? I only want the full game because I think the first period, Anaheim might be vulnerable because they haven't played in forever. So I much prefer Anaheim for the full game uh, here tonight in this one. And I agree with Jeffrey. That's not bad. If you like Anaheim and you're leaning that way and I'm on them, maybe you have a little team total over two and a half plus 100 uh, in your pocket as well. And the reason I say that is because it's not going to be Skinner in net tonight. It's the front end of the back-to-back. Not surprised at all that Chris Knobloch's saving Stu Skinner for the L.A. game tomorrow night. So as a result, we got Calvin Pickard uh, in net here for the uh, Oilers tonight in this game. Although, before we all of a sudden say uh, fade Cal Pickard, he has won four straight starts, and he's made 93 saves on 100 shots faced uh, in those four. So he's played very well for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, but I'm not sure if he's going to get the best effort from the team in front of him tonight. Coming off that loss to Vegas, ending the streak, and then you play L.A., a big-time rival, a serious history with them uh, on deck tomorrow night. So, like I say, spot-wise, win or lose, I'm content taking plus 230 with Anaheim in this spot. Alex, what do you think here? Oilers, Ducks. Yeah, the only thing I like here is the first period over. Uh, and I'm surprised we see it as, at $1.40. And the way I look at it is one of two things. Either Anaheim does come out, and Edmonton's a little sluggish, and you know they start trading goals back and forth, or Edmonton comes off completely pissed off, and they get two goals right away. Either way, we catch that that number, and that's a decent price. So, uh, Ducks could easily win this game. Like I said, I don't, I can't imagine why the Oilers would have a letdown spot in this moment because we're talking about just the second game out of the All Star break, despite the record, uh, and, and against the, uh, an inferior team, a team you could you could certainly play at half speed and beat Anaheim on a given night. So. Uh, but you know, we see crazier things, especially on a Friday. So I'm just going to stay with that first period over one and a half minutes of dollar 40. And I know that Edmonton dummied this team twice. All right. Well, I think one game was eight to two in Edmonton and the other was seven to two here in Anaheim for two, well, just two blowout oiler victories over the ducks earlier this season. But you know, it's, we did see San Jose lose to Vancouver 10, one beat them the next time. And we, we saw San Jose actually beat a couple of teams that beat them badly and beat them in the uh, rematch. So uh, I'm not saying tonight's the night, but like I said, a plus 230 with all the factors involved. And to me, are anti-Edmonton tonight. Uh, I'll take my chances taking the Anaheim Ducks here. Quack, quack, at plus 230 uh, here in this matchup against the uh, Oilers tonight. Uh, and by the way, as far as, yeah, this game is weird from a total standpoint. Alex likes the first period over. I could see that, actually. First period over, I think, is actually not a bad look at all. I might even bet that myself. Full game, we'll see, but I do want to mention as far as the full game over is concerned with the Oilers, be careful. This team has just been an under machine. What is it now? 10 straight? I think it actually is 11 straight unders for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, full game unders, I should say, coming into tonight. So uh, be careful with that. Yeah, we did see overs head-to-head with Edmonton Anaheim each of the last two meetings. So uh, like I say, it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting total. I actually do think that the only thing that would worry me about this total is that trend with Edmonton. But I think the matchup dictates we could see an over tonight. But it's hard to bet an over when I've seen a team go under eleven straight like the Edmonton Oilers have. I think the first period over, like Alex mentioned, is probably the best uh, the best option if you're going to look for goals here with the uh, Oilers and the Ducks tonight in this game. All right, great stuff. That is the F- Beantown Friday edition. 
uh, of the ice guys shout out of course to everyone uh, in the chat 175 live viewers hit the like button if you haven't done so already we appreciate it very much make sure you're signed up and subscribed to our patreon page patreon.com slash ice guys just ten dollars per month uh, and i should point out that it's patreon exclusive bet casts not cast casts coming your way in february we have two patreon exclusive betcasts. those dates will be announced in the next couple of days we might even announce them tomorrow uh, on the uh, saturday edition and as we mentioned earlier we do have the two free betcast dates uh announced now and set for february the super saturday betcast tomorrow night and of course tuesday february 27 at 7 p.m eastern time as well so those are the two free for all public betcasts. we will also have two patreon exclusive betcasts in the month of february as well and the only way to watch them or to join us on the stream for those patreon exclusive betcasts is being a member on the patreon page sign up you'll get our daily sides totals player props each and every day goalie charts totals charts and other bonus written content we've got uh videos that we did over the all-star break that are exclusive to patreon members talking jerseys home team goal songs we got some q a stuff lined up uh, in the weeks ahead for uh, videos that are exclusive to patreon members only our player suite interview series which i know got a lot of uh, people uh a lot of positive remarks and comments about that that will be returning in the off season when there is no hockey going on. So uh, we're looking forward to that as well, continuing for Patreon members uh, as well. So make sure you sign up $10 per month. That's all it is. And again, your subscription fee uh, will help this, keep this show going for the long run. So patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. And of course, tomorrow night, the BetCast, as I mentioned, February 6th, super Saturday live BetCast on Super Bowl weekend tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern, DM or email Alex or me for a spot on the BetCast. And last but not least, check out the store. Get your gear, get your merch right now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, we got a new sale coming up uh, pretty soon, so I will have that posted up at our Twitter page, which is the underscore Ice Guys. But definitely check out. We got everything in stock, all the draw season merch, all of our classic merch, caps, hoodies, T-shirts, you name it, we got it. IceGuys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, that's right. Finesse Lord, anyone liking the live BetCast stuff? Love doing b-ball, so may try hockey. It's not just that we, uh, you know, we want to win. We want to do well with our bets, and the profitability, you know, is always what we strive for with every BetCast. But win or lose, and we look, we don't have winning nights every BetCast. I will say this, the camaraderie and just the fun and the, you just sharing in the experience of watching the games and watching your bets unfold with all of our viewers and listeners and our ice guys family. That's just as rewarding and fulfilling about the bet casts as winning the bets. Uh, absolutely. It's just the, the company we've kept on these bet casts with the people that join us on these streams. It's second to none. It's awesome. It's like, there's this whole new group of friends that we have formed through yep. this show. And it is just, it's amazing. We love it. And I think just hanging out with, the people that watch this show uh, and love this show uh, make it just as enjoyable as winning money, quite honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for those of you, you know, who maybe just watching us now uh, recently or, or, you know, you kind of just tune in and out, definitely want to join us for that backcast tomorrow because we will also be talking about some Super Bowl stuff as well. Of course, we end the day before the Super Bowl. We cannot uh, ignore the big game between the Chiefs and uh, the San Fran going on in Vegas. So we will talk about that as well, along with breaking down and betting live. Uh, all the great NHL action tomorrow. 
Absolutely. I mean, we're going to be on the air for over six hours, 6 p.m. Eastern till approximately when the whenever the uh, Oilers and the Kings game late night uh, is over. So uh, we'll have time definitely to break down Super Bowl, the Super Bowl on Sunday uh, and give you our thoughts on 49ers chief side total player props. Uh, you name it. Uh, novelty props. Uh, Alex, do you bet those novelty props? Because I did a show yes, with I do. CFL quarterback earlier this week, and I said on that show, you know, novelty props, um, I'm, I'm not interested. Unless I have serious intel and I can someone telling me, you know, about the color of the Gatorade, they've got some inside knowledge or the national anthem length, or, you know, they've got an idea what the CBS production team is thinking as far as showing Taylor Swift on camera. I can't bet that shit, but I applaud anyone that does. For me, it's just I stick to the football when it comes to the props. Oh no! I've made some great money on on some of the uh, the exotics and, and some of these uh, different props. And God bless Katy Perry. That halftime show, I made more money with that halftime show than I did with that game, and I almost hit every bet I had on the game. So you can't neglect these sometimes, especially like I said, you have the intel. For example, the reason why I was able to hit that was because she was on tour. Her tour set list and her tour setup was literally the same thing she had right on the field. So. Uh, it pretty much all kind of laid out. So you don't always have that. Things are a little different. I think things this year with Usher will be different, even though, keep in mind, he has a residency in Vegas. So you can look those things up on YouTube if you're trying to handicap that a little bit. You can find some edges with some of the, the uh, some of the outside of the football props that happened in the Super Bowl. There you go. So it's that 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 there we go. I couldn't I couldn't care less about the novelty props. And Alex says, hey, I think it's some of the better opportunities out there on the board. Uh, with the uh, Super Bowl uh, novelty props uh, that are uh, available to you. So there you go. I like it. Uh, differing opinions is great. You know, different philosophies. Uh, but uh, you're right. I, I will say this. I've seen Alex's results in the Super Bowl. If he does actually do well with those, no question. So uh, definitely worth noting. There's no doubt about that. He's done well with those uh, type of uh, props. No question. I applaud everyone in the chat, by the way, saying they're enjoying my ridiculous little uh, sing-song moments and uh, when I burst into song on the uh, show with all my little uh, player jingles, uh, I, I hope you're all not saying that just to placate me. Uh, I really hope you mean it. Uh, I think they that. like it. I think they I do. I think they do. I think they do. And I appreciate that. No doubt about it. Uh, you know what we also like? Boston Hemp Inc. Because they've been great sponsors uh, of this show. Uh, now every single day they sponsor the show, including Beantown Friday editions uh, of the show uh, each and every Friday. So before we get to bargain bin special of the night and best bets, time to once again hear from our great sponsors, Boston Hemp. There it is, Boston Hemp Inc. Make sure you uh, check them out. Great uh, sponsor of the Ice Guys show. Uh, now seven days a week uh, working alongside us here as sponsors of the show. Check them out and be sure to check out the quality products from them. Use promo code Ice Guys. Save 20% off all orders at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. I know Alex has something in mind for Bargain Bin Special of the Night. What do you got? So we're heading to the west side of Chicago tonight, and uh, 
you know, it's pretty much been binary code for the Chicago Blackhawks offense. Zero, one, zero, zero, one, zero, pretty much. So we're going to go with Igor Shosturkin to get a shutout, plus 750 at MGM. Uh, like I said, it's time for him to get rocking and rolling the way he we know he can. And uh, who the hell is going to score for the Hawks? Uh, I'm thinking nobody. So Igor Shosturkin to get a shutout tonight, plus 750. That's my bargain, special. There you go. Igor Shosturkin to notch the shutout. At a massive price here tonight with for the uh, New York Rangers. So Alex says Shesterkin will find his game tonight uh, against you know. And like I say, if he doesn't find his game tonight, when's he going to find it? I mean, this is a team that just can't score right now. You're right; it is binary code with the uh, Blackhawks offense. A lot of zero one zero zero one exactly is what we have seen from them. So Igor Shesterkin shutout for Alex B. Smith here with his uh, bargain bin uh, special uh, of the night. You know, my bargain been special here for this um, Friday night uh, NHL card. Uh, it's not a, a ton, you know, of great uh, options on the board for me tonight as far as the uh, goal prop market uh, when I when you look at it. But, you know, there are a couple to me that appeal to me uh, at the end of the day. And I was actually, uh, believe it or not, I had not fully decided, you know, as we were starting this show, which one it will be. But I'm just going to come to uh, make that decision right now. Uh, but I've got that feeling, too, and uh, it feels like one of those games where I could see him stepping up, and he has chipped in here and there for the Penguins. I like Lars Eller for the Pittsburgh Penguins here, plus 480 uh, at FanDuel. He's going to be playing power play minutes for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. We have seen him step up in a depth forward role for Pittsburgh lately to be able to chip in playing on that third line for them. Uh, and it is worth noting, too, he scored two goals in the last four games and points in three of the last four games for the Pittsburgh Penguins as well. So I think that's a good option uh, on a small slate like this. Lars Eller, Pittsburgh Penguins, plus 480 uh, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night to find the back of the net. All right, best bets for this small Friday NHL slate. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like for best bet? Well, I'm hoping that Larzella can get a goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins and uh, help them not only cash the first period over, but cash my best bet, which is Penguins money line. You can get that minus a dollar twenty at Caesars. Uh, I like it all the way up to a dollar thirty-five. Uh, like I said I know it's going to be a great celebration for Mark Andre Fleury, and they're going to give him all his flowers, pun intended. But uh, once the game starts, he's still that thirty-nine-year-old guy who, uh, you know, best days are behind him. And I think Pittsburgh takes care of it, and they get two points tonight. So Penguins minus a dollar twenty. They'll ruin Mark Andre Fleury's night just a little bit. Uh, that's my best bet for Friday. All right. Pittsburgh Penguins minus 130 against the Minnesota Wild. Best bet uh, for Alex B. Smith on this um, Friday NHL slate. Uh, my best bet for uh, this card, I'm going to go to that game as well, but I'm going to go total instead uh, with the Penguins and the Wild. Uh, we'll go over six here with the Penguins and Wild. Uh, I think, you know, look, series history has been strong to the over, especially here in Minnesota. We have seen. A lot of high-scoring hockey, Penguins and Wild. You're definitely seeing the Penguins' offense, and in particular, their power play start to get going. Marc-Andre Fleury's been inconsistent. He's been struggling at times, and he does not have a good recent track record against his old team, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Meanwhile, Nadelkovich, you know, he's been up and down. He's been a little bit better lately, but still, you know, he's a guy that's had a bit of an uneven season. Minnesota hasn't been scoring, but at home, I could see them chipping in some offense here as well. And like I said, this is just a strong series history that points to goals between these two teams. So Pittsburgh, Minnesota, over six, minus 108 for my best bet here for this Friday 
uh, NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. There it is, Boston Hemp Inc. Make sure you check them out. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back tomorrow, a monster day. Our daily show at noon Eastern to break down all the games. And then we are back at 6 p.m. Eastern for our Super Saturday Super Bowl weekend live betcast tomorrow night. A huge Saturday coming up. And make sure you're here with us for every moment of it right here on the Ice Guys. (laughs) 